We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, we are getting closer to the 100 days until kickoff. Um, it is right around the corner. Next week, we'll have our countdown to kickoff, uh, starting with day number 100. Uh, we'll also begin our uh, preseason previews, which will go over every game, uh, regular season game that IU will have this year, uh, go over, you know, win percentage chances, uh, you know, basically a, a quick overview of, uh, you know, the the keys to the game, why uh, each team uh, could win or lose the game. Uh, we'll be joined by TJ Inman here soon, uh, shortly. Uh, we're going to go over some conference expansion uh, talk, uh, see, you know, where the Big Ten and IU will fall uh, in that. I, I I'm not a fan of conference expansion, but uh, it is going to happen eventually. Uh, you see a lot of these TV rights deals uh, being different, and, uh, you know, we'll see where they, they land. Uh, some other news, Athlon Magazine has come out. We are selling it on our website. Uh, I've put the link out several times uh, to, to buy it if you haven't. Check it out. Athlon does a great job of uh, previewing uh, the entire the entire country and uh, and the entire uh, Big Ten as well. There is an IU cover. Uh, it's IU, Purdue, and Notre Dame. Uh, and Divine Redding is the running back uh, for IU on that cover. So if you're interested in the IU cover of Athlons, uh, do uh, do purchase it through our uh, ad on our site. It helps us out a little bit as well. Uh, every little bit counts, and uh, I'd like to welcome uh, TJ uh, into the show. Uh, how are you, TJ? I'm doing great, Sammy. Thank you for uh, having me in here. I know I'm the co-host, but still, I always, always like to express some appreciation for you. Uh, sorry about the late arrival. I was having some phone difficulty getting connected, but uh, we're all ready to go. The weather is finally not uh, not gray and gloomy, so that, that's good. i, I felt like there should have been uh, some football to watch because it, you know, felt like late October the past week or so, but we didn't have that to distract us from the gloom outside. That was even worse than yeah, it would be was, at that time of year. Exactly. I kept thinking to myself, this is what summer is going to be like. We, you know, I wouldn't mind skipping it and getting it uh, right down to the games. Uh, but we do right. have a lot of uh, good good content coming up, TJ. It is my favorite time of year. The weather's warm. Uh, I, I love doing the research on the teams IU's going to play. I love seeing where mm-hmm. people are picking 
um, other teams. Uh, the one thing I, I, I'm not totally hot about and what we're going to talk about today, and it seems like it's come up more and more every year, is conference expansion. Uh, we saw it a couple years yep. ago. Uh, the Big Ten uh, expanded uh, first to 12 teams with Nebraska, then 14 teams with the additions of, of Maryland and Rutgers. Um, with the formation of the college football playoff, uh, it seems like uh, some conferences aren't happy where they are, mainly the Big 12, uh, who mm-hmm. I think all of this conference expansion talk hinges on um, since they do not play a conference championship game. Uh, it There's talk about uh, making, uh, I, I would guess, four, I think it's four 16-team super conferences um, and break them up by region. Uh, and yeah. it seems like we're moving in that direction. Uh, so let's start, TJ, in, in the Big 12. Uh, they have major problems with getting a team into the playoff. Uh, they had Oklahoma last year. They missed out on Baylor the year before. Um, are they missing a conference championship game? Uh, is that costing them spots in the playoff, or is it just that they're falling behind uh, in the ever-growing arms race of, of money. Um, I know Forbes uh, put out an article in January, I believe, uh, saying that, you know, the Big 12 championship game uh, could, you know, potentially make that conference $35 million a year. And that's money that could help schools build up uh, facilities, help keep the Big 12 up in, uh, up in recruiting and, and make up for – you know, some of that lost money that they they just don't have with having a, a 10-team conference and, and no uh, no conference championship game. So what are your thoughts on, on the Big 12? Are they the, the domino that had to fall for all of this to start happening? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I am a fan of, of the Big 12's current schedule, which, for those that don't know, is a round robin. Um, everybody plays everybody else. Now, is it, is it equal? You know, not necessarily, just because of the home and road splits. They're going to be different. Uh, you know, you're going to alternate that every year. The sequencing of games is going to be different. You know, somebody might get hit with a, you know, run-up of Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma State, you know, back to back to back and, and, you know, or Baylor thrown in there as well. So that it's not always going to be a hundred percent fair, but it is more equitable than, than the big 10 where, you know, as we know, there are major problems with the division breakdown um, and you're going to have the cross division games that aren't going to be equal. I, I love the round Robin. It's not possible for conferences any bigger than the big 12. So I get it, but, uh, so I'll preface my comments by saying that. Now, your overall question, does this conference expansion talk, this next round of it, which seems inevitable, it seems a matter of when, not if, um, and it, it does hinge on kind of the next move or moves that the Big 12 decides to make. Um, I've read a couple different uh, articles and done a couple of studies myself. Studies makes it sound like more than it was. I did some Googling, but uh, it, it's 
well, you know, I'm, I'm not that smart. I don't really study things, but I, I did some Googling and found some numbers. And uh, I, the, the major problem right now for the Big 12 is that their media rights contracts are not up to par with specifically the ACC, the Big 10, and the SEC. The Pac-12 has some issues as well because their Pac-12 network uh, which was thought to be kind of revolutionary the way that they were doing it. They broke it down. They had an overall Pac-12 network, and they also have kind of sub-Pac-12 networks, which are sort of region-dependent. So you had like Pac-12 Arizona, Pac-12 California. Uh, yeah, all the Pac-12 extra Northwest. channels on your guide that don't work. Yes, yeah, and they well, the, the reason is that those sub-channels, they were sub-packages, whatever you want to call it, the sub-regional uh, options, they've been unable to get distribution for those. Um, the distribution for that is way, way less than the SEC network, which of course tied into ESPN, way less than the Big Ten network, which is kind of the, the forebear of these conference uh, channels. But bottom line for the Big 12 is that those schools are making uh, somewhere in the region of like 9 to $10 million less than the ACC, and more than that, than the Big Ten. Uh, they're, they're even further behind the Big Ten schools just in the TV rights, media rights deals. Uh, you know, their initial, their, their top-level uh, packages are, are similar. You know, what the games that you see on ESPN or ABC or on Fox, those are similar to, to those conferences, but that, that third TV rights package is what they're missing, and a conference network is what you get in there. So you say, okay, well, why don't they launch the Big 12 network? The biggest impediment to that is the Longhorn Network, which is the Texas-specific, University of Texas-specific network that was launched by Texas and ESPN and has really, for Texas, it's been fine, uh, but I do think long-term, it might end up being an impediment to them. Plus, uh, it has really, really hurt the Big 12. And uh, for the schools that aren't Texas, the revenue is just really a problem. So you have that. You've got the lack of a conference title game, which they need to get uh, up to, you know, adding another couple of schools to have a conference title game. So, what you're left with is uh, a, a conference that is lagging behind the other major players that they should be on equal footing with. And over one year or two years, that's not going to matter. Over a decade, that's going to be a significant amount of money that they will not be able to make up just by a rich donor or two cutting a big check because these other schools – you know, the schools in the Big Ten, the schools in the ACC and SEC, those schools also have rich donors that are going to write big checks as well. But, I mean, you just cannot make up the amount of money we're talking about, which over the course of a decade is going to be $100 million. And a lot of athletic departments are pretty stupid, but it'd be pretty hard to screw up $100 million to the to the point where you don't gain an advantage from it. So I think that you're left with, a conference that knows we need to make changes and uh, they really right now 
aren't sure what changes they're going to make. The schools that we've seen them talk about uh, here very recently, the last couple of weeks, that whether they're legitimate or these are just kind of, you know, the first article gets put out and then the others just kind of parrot what the first one said, but all the articles are indicating, you know, schools like SMU, Houston, Memphis, uh, that are attempting to, or BYU, I think, is kind of a very intriguing one as well for various reasons. Uh, they have their own network, the you know their Mormon broadcasting network or whatever it's called. Uh, I kind of find it hard to get too excited if I'm the Big 12 about adding more Texas schools. You know, besides just numbers, I'm not really sure what you're doing there. You're not opening up any new footprints. You're not really doing anything other than, oh, yeah, now we have another school in here to split up the pie with. But, hey, look, we have enough for a conference title game. But I think the BYU is one that would really, really open up a lot of avenues, not the state of Utah necessarily because, you know, they already kind of have that region, but BYU has a gigantic following. So I think that one is a really interesting name. Yeah, that that brings – brings me to the to the our next segment was TJ there are two ways this could go this could go in mm-hmm. the Big 12 goes to 12 or 14 teams or 16 teams um or you could see some of these Big 12 teams leave and join other conferences and and yes. you, you talked about the Longhorn network and this has been you know I I call it a thorn in the side of all these other Big 12 schools um, who are not they're hate not Texas. getting they hate money from they hate it. Texas. Um, yeah. So you know, I it could also be you know the end of the Big Twelve. You could see Oklahoma leave. Uh, you could see Kansas leave. Um, you know, maybe you see one of these. You know, maybe Texas eventually says, you know what, we're done with the Longhorn Network. We're we're leaving as well, uh, and just see the whole yep. thing fall apart. Um, so that's that's where the Big Ten could come into play and uh, absorb two more of the teams. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, I've seen Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, just I thought it was. It, I thought that that was a very viable thing three or four years ago. I I do not think it is now because of that partnership with the ACC. Started exactly. No, you're good. Um, exactly. That's uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Was they have this partnership with the ACC? So maybe they join the ACC. The ACC goes to to 16 teams. Um, you know, maybe you know you see if the Big 12 wants to stay intact. Maybe you see them add uh, a Cincinnati uh, to expand into Ohio. You'll you'll have that Cincinnati West Virginia uh, rivalry as well. Oh, um, it's closer. I mean, it's it's so spread out. Maybe they add a, a team like Memphis as well um, to get into yep. SEC territory. Um, you know, the the teams that are going to get left out, Boise State, apparently academically, they're not going to join a ma- major conference. No major conference wants uh, their academics. Um, so, you know, you know, maybe you see the ACC take a team like Navy, uh, and, and you see them poach, start poaching these AAC teams. Uh, maybe you see the Big Ten. You know, 
in, in a perfect world, I'd like to see maybe Kansas join the Big Ten. That way, you know, you have one – it's competitive balance. They'll throw it out in football. You know, they'll join the West, and it'll be even worse. But <laughs> you'll have that those basketball rivalries. Uh, but you need a stronger team uh, in football just to balance out those divisions in the Big Ten. Uh, but my negative, TJ, about conference expansion, you're losing all that is great about college football. And that is the, these regional rivalries. And there was an article Teddy Greenstein, or um, John U. Bacon uh, put out about, uh, you know, losing these rivalries. And, you know, Michigan, Michigan State's not going anywhere, but – Look at Indiana, Illinois. Uh, we'll take that for example. That's a rivalry. It's been a rivalry in basketball. Uh, it could be a good rivalry in football, but they don't play enough. Um, you know, the IU and, and Illinois haven't played since 2013. Um, you know, kind of the the spark got going when uh, when uh, uh, Jack Trudeau, you know. Had Wilson on his radio show insulted IU. Wilson took offense to it, uh, which you know made me like him even more. Uh, but you know that's something that that could form into a regional rivalry. IU doesn't play Northwestern as much anymore. They haven't played since 2012, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and selfishly, man, traveling to Rutgers and Maryland—that's a—it's a schlep. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd much rather drive to Illinois or drive to a Michigan, Michigan State, uh, drive to Ohio State, you know, stuff like that. Now, you know, there's are, is there potential for maybe Rutgers and, and Maryland forming some some rivalries in the Big Ten? Maybe. They have to get better. They need to play some better games against, in you know, Big Ten opponents. You know, Rutgers or State Maryland might become a thing. Who knows? You know, there was some bad blood a couple of years ago. Uh, last year's game was uneventful since I don't really remember anything of it. But, you know, these – you've got to bring in teams that will that'll fit. Um, now, Nebraska fits. It's, it's, it's kind of on the edge of it, but it fits the Big Ten mold of we're Midwest. We, we play power football, you know, at times – but they have those rivalries with – they're going to have a rivalry with, with Wisconsin. They have a rivalry game with Iowa. They could slide, like, right in, and it might feel forced for a little bit, but they slide right in really well. So now who do you bring in in the, in the Big Ten? Uh, you know, do you add a team like Cincinnati and say, hey, you know, you're – let's slide you right in. You're in the footprint. Yeah, they, although the Big Ten doesn't really gain anything um, by getting another team out of Ohio. Um, no. But, you know, in, Indiana's playing Cincinnati down the road in non-conference. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the downside of conference expansion. But, TJ, what teams do you see? What way do you think this is going to fall? Yeah, I, I, I agree with your overall um, point there about losing a lot of – I would say the identity of the conferences um, to where it really just ends up becoming scheduling agreements and uh, just a collection of teams that, you know, have scheduling agreements to play each other. There's not really conference identities, and I see that happening here within the next decade. 
Um, I love reading about it. I, I love thinking about, you know, all the hypotheticals and what conferences could look like and who could be going where. But then in the actual uh, application of it, I, I don't <laughs> end up loving it. I mean, I, I've i made no uh, effort to hide how much I really dislike Rutgers uh, being in the Big Ten. But they are. Um, it is what it is. And I think if if this is to continue inevitably, which I, I feel that it will, you know, you do want to have the best fits for your conference. And when I'm looking at it, uh, you know, I think the two is probably the number that the Big Ten's looking at next is adding two. I mean, you can't have 15. So they'll be adding a second team to get to 16. Um, I, I think that Pittsburgh is one that uh, kind of makes sense to me, gives a natural rival for Penn State uh, in their location, an in-state rival. Um, Pittsburgh's a fairly large market. I know it doesn't open up a new state or anything like that, but I think that that makes sense. I think UConn makes a little bit of sense because the Big Ten uh, wants to – continue to be a presence in New York as evidenced by uh, getting Rutgers and then moving uh, Big Ten tournament for a year to the Garden. Um, they've, uh, they want to be a presence there, so I, I think UConn could make sense, and that would obviously add cachet for basketball and, of course, women's basketball, which, you know, definitely the biggest factor in all this is football, but still you need to consider those other sports as well. Um I think that one, maybe, I think that Kansas would be a, a, a good fit if the Big 12 ends up, you know, kind of looking like a, uh, a conference that crumbles and you, you swoop in and pick up Kansas. I think that would be a good fit. And I, I think that one kind of off the reservation, one that I, I don't think is realistic at this time, it was talked about as being realistic a couple of years ago uh, before Indiana added Maryland – or before the Big Ten added uh, Maryland and Rutgers. And North Carolina is one that it looked like the ACC might be uh, weak and could be poached, and North Carolina would have made a lot of sense from an academic standpoint and from a geographical standpoint, it would have made sense for what the Big Ten wanted to do, which was expand eastward. It would have been, you know, more southeast than they ended up going. But I think North Carolina was one that could be in play. But if I'm choosing two that I think is most likely, I think Pitt and UConn would be the two that that you look at. Uh, But it it, really, the available options are going to be what happens to the Big 12? Do they go to 16 teams? Do they take kind of the measured approach and go to 12? Do they go to 14 to match what the Big 10 has? And then does the Big 10 then turn around and say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll add two more. And I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the Big 12 does at their league meetings because they are going to be presented a model um, they hired a firm that is going to that has done a lot of research and projections and stuff, and they're going to present a model to the Big 12 uh, school commissioners about a Big 12 network and the feasibility of it, what it would do, what it would mean, 
And I think you're probably going to see the majority of the schools say yes, absolutely, and then you're going to see Texas consider it and probably say, well, the Longhorn Network, the lost revenue from that, from losing that revenue stream is going to have to be made up. We're going to need to have the largest chunk of the pie, and then the other Big 12 schools will continue to feel like the uh, underlings of Texas, which they've long had a problem with. It's a large reason why Missouri left the conference in the first place. And then you're going to have kind of an impasse. Does Texas budge, or do the Big 12 schools start to say, screw this, uh, we, it's not worth it? and we're going to look for someplace else. And then at that point, you'd really have a, a large-scale reshuffling that that would totally reshape the landscape of, of uh, college athletics. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the disintegration of the Big 12 is probably the most likely. Uh, you'd probably see Texas move to either the Pac-12 or the SEC. I, I'd rather them go to the SEC. You'd get some good rivalries there. You'd, you'd bring back the Texas A&M-Texas rivalry. Um, you know, maybe Oklahoma and Arkansas, uh, Kansas Arkansas, join the Texas. join the Big Ten. Arkansas, Texas is another good rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bring back some of these regional rivalries. While you know the big, I think the Big Ten's biggest problem here is competitive balance. If you add a Pitt and UConn, who are you moving over to the West? You know, geographically, uh, it'd probably be Indiana or yeah. Or or you're you're moving um, uh, Michigan Michigan State, and I don't think they want to have Michigan and Ohio State on opposite sides of the conference again. Um, just you know to to, put, to have the potential of having Ohio State Michigan twice in a year um, sounds good sometimes, but back to back weeks it's 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 almost NFL ish when you know the yeah. You know that it's the last division game of the year. You, you're and then you play in the wild card round the next week. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you got to take competitive balance. Right now, the Big Ten West is is way behind the Big Ten East, and eventually, over time, that's probably going to even itself out. You'd think Nebraska would come up. Wisconsin's probably going to get better. Iowa's up and down. But if you could add a team, maybe like an Oklahoma, and put them in the West, and add a team. Uh, you know, if you add Cincinnati and put them in the East, uh, you, your competitive balance is a little bit better. Um, so I, I think that's what the Big Ten would be looking at is, is more what's competitive balance, who brings the most to the table. You know, Oklahoma had, had a good basketball team. They have a good football team. Um, they're, they have some, some decent other sports as well. Uh, Cincinnati, yeah, you're going to – yeah, it's Oklahoma's. You're opening up that Southwest uh, region now. Cincinnati, yeah. you, you're going to have um, basketball, local rivalries with Ohio State. Uh, now they might not be competitive that much, but you know, having a uh, an Indiana-Cincinnati game in all sports uh, will be nice. It's easy travel um, from Bloomington, and and it's just. You know, those are the games I'd rather see than seeing IU Rutgers or IU play UConn or, you know, as much yeah. of a, a fit Pitt is. Um, you know, Pitt's probably more of a fit than UConn. Uh, but I, I, 
much rather see that and and bring back the the values of the Big Ten than you know IU Maryland. Uh, great, it's an NCAA tournament game. That's basically what their rivalry is 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 the uh, 2002 NCAA tournament game. Uh, now it was the final, yeah. but that that's what it is. Um, there's no flair in in IU Maryland or IU Rutgers in football. It's not bringing in fans. Um, you know, or like I I gotta I gotta go to New Jersey and watch this game. Um, but you know, who who knows? We'll see what the the first domino is to fall. Um, mm-hmm. It might not happen this year. And my biggest fear is if all this restructuring happens, they're going to expand the playoff. It's going to happen. And it's going to absolutely kill the regular season. College football has the best regular season in sports. Um, It's something we all look forward to. We all enjoy. Um, Every game has meaning. Uh, You know, even, you know, people, people are saying that, that they don't like the Bulls, but if you're a fan of a team like Indiana, you have to love the bowl system. It gives you a reward. Indiana's not going, you know, eleven and one or twelve and zero or you know ten and two uh, consistently enough to to be in the playoff. And it's it's a shame that it's become all the you know we have to get to the playoff or bust or, or the season's terrible. If Indiana wins eight games next year, goes eight and four, and goes to a Florida bowl game, that is the best season in 20 years for IU. Yeah. You know, so that's that's my biggest fear is that they expand the playoff, kill the regular season, and it basically makes college football a minor league to the NFL. Uh, so, yep. TJ, last-minute final thought from you. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I think that a lot of times people – would equate well, you know, if we if we put an eight team playoff in, then there's even more teams that feel like the end of the regular season is meaningful. I I just I flat out disagree with that. I think that having four, you know, it means that one loss puts you in jeopardy of not reaching your goal if you are a top ten, top fifteen program. Uh, whereas the rest of the teams, you know, you're not competing for that. But, you know, the fan base is going to be, you said, you, you have to have your own program standards. And I, I think that right now what, you know, Indiana's looking at is certainly much different than what an Ohio State's going to look at. So what are the expectations going to be? Um, and you're right. I, I don't want to see this conference expansion eventually result in playoff expansion, which would, of course, water down what is the best uh, regular season product in sports. So I'm hoping that uh, discretion becomes the name of the game as we move forward and the decision makers keep in mind that it's not currently broken. Like, it's an awesome product right now. It doesn't need to be completely overhauled. I know that there are problems with the NCAA, but that doesn't really have to do with conference size. So I, I hope that the decisions that are made uh, are uh, keep those things in mind and that we can continue to enjoy college football for years to come and not have it be a totally different thing than what we have right now. Yeah, definitely. And it, it seems like, you know, 
you're getting a little too greedy and, and football itself is on the precipice of a major, you know, a, a major, you know, kind of, Oh crap moment, you know, yeah. especially with all these concussions, fewer uh, younger kids are playing. Uh, are the rules mm-hmm. going to have to be changed? Um, and it, it's, it, it, football in 20 years might not exist. Um, and I get you want to make the money while you can, but, you know, if you're in for it for player safety, if you expand the playoff, teams are already playing 15 games, including conference championship games. It's it's like an NFL season. Just, you know, yeah. you have a good product. Um, if you want to make it better, you know what will make it better? Cut out the ad times and cut out instant replay. You know, games are four hours long uh, anyway, um, and there's no – like, I don't mind a four-hour game if it's going back and forth and there's some flow to it, but when every other play is being reviewed because, you know, the guy made a great catch, but, you know, oh, it, it was a close play, let's review it, and it's really in not that close, or at the end of the mm-hmm. game when a field goal goes over the upright and, oh, it's not reviewable because it went over the upright. Well, you know what? Just do away with it. I'm okay with human error. But when your your rules are, uh, well, it went over the upright, we don't use replay for that. Well, when do you use replay on field goals? When when it clearly goes through the goalpost, it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's become such uh, those long game times and the, the dead time in in during the games has become such a turnoff that you know people are staying home they they'd rather watch it on TV uh they you, you could see it in the attendance around the country not only at IU um you know if it, it you'd rather sit on your couch with the remote you know you have your TV maybe you have two TVs and an iPad or a TV and an iPad and you could flip around the channels that's why it's so great having ESPN you have ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN News are right in a row, and you just flip through the channels to, to where you get a game. But anyway, TJ, uh, that does it for today's show. Uh, we will have longer podcasts in the future. Uh, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Have a good week, everybody. All right. That does it for today's podcast. We got into some uh, – big discussions uh, about conference expansion, basically the the soul of college football um, and where it's going. Uh, Don't forget to uh, check out HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. We'll have lots of content coming up. Uh, We're starting our 100-day countdown next week. We'll start our uh, preseason previews as well. We'll have content out, new content out every day. Uh, Anyway, if you're in Indiana, enjoy the good weather. If you're somewhere else, hopefully the weather is good and you can enjoy it. Thanks for joining us and have a great day. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. 
a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.